I'm not giving you this. I'm not giving you this week. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting anything on me this week. Oh yeah, as the editor, by doing this, I've won. <laughs> hey everyone, Hello. welcome back to the Fanatics. Uh, I'm Aya at TechWifey on Twitter, and I'm Tim at Wembembo. And Tim, what are we doing this week? We're doing the same thing we do every week, Aya. Try, Try to, to take, take over, over the, the world. world. <laughs> okay. No, we're also watching The Fanatic, starring John Travolta and directed by Fred Durst. The movie that, hold on, he had a HGTV last week. Uh, the movie that likes to pin crimes on celebrities when there's a perfectly viable alibi nearby. Uh, you'd love to see it. So, uh, have you? Ever, so Tim, tell me, have you ever seen this movie before? Once or twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I've seen it before as well. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in particular that you're interested in watching for on this watch? I don't know. Okay. Uh, what? Oh, last week we talked about a sniff counter. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to keep count of how many things John Travolta sniffs. Are we going to keep track of what he sniffs or just how many things? Um, Why not both? Okay. Both is good. I like that. All right, cool. Aya, what are you looking for this week? What are you what what are you keeping an eye out for? Right. So I kind of alluded to this t- uh, to you in the DMs a few days ago. Mm-hmm. About, I have a theory. And so there's a character called Lewis. Yes. And we cannot find Lewis anywhere. However, Tim, I've come up with a theory, and it's the only possible explanation for what I come up with. You know, this scene, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's got stuff up in the wall, right? You know, in the mail room, the, the, yeah. the Pepe Sylvia scene. Yeah. Um, I that's been me for the last week, and I think I might have cracked it. I think I've got the biggest brain of all time. I'm going to come at the end of this theory and just be like, "There is no, there is no Lewis." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lewis is played by an actor called Lewis da Silva Jr. Yeah, they have. He has the same name as his character. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that he's actually playing himself. Okay, now follow me here. Where he comes up in the credits is before the security guard. Now, the credits aren't in order of appearance, but they're they're almost in order of appearance, but also kind of weighted by importance, I think. But there are some really unimportant characters that appear really early up because they appear early in the movie. Sure. So based on where he appears in the credits, my assumption is that he is in the Hollywood party. Now, there's... Oh. There's one background character whose existence we're both clearly very aware of, but have never actually looked at, because we're too busy watching John Travolta sniff the meatballs. And that's where Leah is taking photos of people against the wall, right? I've never stopped to look at who she's photographing. Okay. In my head, I really, really hope she is photographing Louis De Silva Jr. And he's cameoing in this movie and he's credited under the name Louis because he's playing himself. And if she's not photographing him, he's somewhere at this fucking party. He must be. It's, I, this, is, this is my last hope. What do you think? <laughs> I like the idea. I really like it because I've never paid attention to the photographer guy or the photographer people, rather. Yeah. I, I've only ever paid attention to John Travolta sniffing meatballs and retching, which, if I'm honest, I thought they were weird-looking walnuts. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I'm also interested to see if, you know, if Lewis isn't there, if Leia has any kind of reaction to John Travolta sniffing meatballs next to her, because I've never watched out for that either. I'm too focused on him sniffing the meatballs. Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. What if Lewis is the meatballs? No. No. No what? So, you know the bit where John Travolta gaslights Leah and is like, oh, you told me to go use the Star Maps app or whatever. Yeah. What if Lewis is the guy with the girl that Leah is photographing on the street? Oh, my God. Because she's photographing famous people. She's out there photographing people to get, like, famous people shots. What if Lewis is... Okay, we we have some leads, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have some leads as to who Lewis might be. And this is the episode, Tim. This is where we find out. Okay, what happens if we don't? <laughs> I'd rather not talk about that. That's the, dar- that's the, that's the darkest timeline. That's the dark timeline, um, all right. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that yesterday... I. <laughs> Yesterday, I ordered a copy of The Fanatic on DVD. Did you Amazon. actually? Yeah. It arrives this week. I'm going to watch the. I'm assuming DVDs usually have like deleted scenes and stuff, right? Yeah. I, I, know, I know that the age of the DVD and director's commentaries and, and bonus content on DVDs is dead, right? That's the thing from when we were kids. But sure. I really, I really hope there are some deleted scenes on this DVD, and maybe even a director's commentary. Who knows? Maybe we'll watch the director's commentary version together sometime. Here's what I'm gonna do. Okay. I've gone to Amazon. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It's in my basket. <laughs> oh, Tim, are we doing this? <laughs> I've got mine set for Amazon Prime. Okay. What card is that going on? I'm not gonna give out my card details on the <laughs> podcast, but I can, I can have this tomorrow. Okay. Next week, we watch it on the physical DVD medium, yeah? Um, I would need to find something to plug that into, but sure. I I, I think a laptop. I have a laptop I could maybe watch it on. I, I have, have a no laptop idea. and a PS4. Yeah, I've got a PS4. My PC doesn't have a disk drive. Who needs no. disk drives anymore? Yeah. No. The only thing is, I wouldn't be able to be on Discord on my desktop because my, P- my PS4 is connected to my projector. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will figure something out, but now we both have, on order, coming to ourselves, a DVD copy of Fred Durst's The Fanatic starring John Travolta. What are we doing with our lives? And so, you realise this means that... <laughs> no, don't I say have, it, Tim. I don't say it, Tim. the film three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and somehow God. the physical medium is the cheapest. Oh, my God. Okay. Episode former already in 2D. Perfect. And purchased, by the way. Wonderful. <laughs> you love Perfect. to see it. We love to see it. Right, shall we crack on with the digital version of the movie? Yeah, we're watching it on YouTube, for those who don't know, which is how we managed to be the only two dislikes of the movie on YouTube. Don't tell them that, because now we're going to get a brigade of dislikes or Good. likes. Good. Good. Honestly, just <laughs> go and buy the fanatic on YouTube. <laughs> So we're not the only ones who have been... I've just so we- pulled up YouTube and all of their icons are different and I hate it. Oh, God, YouTube. I know. Right, let's go ahead and watch The Fanatic. All hour 28 and 55 seconds of it. Yeah, I think this is enough stalling. We just got to do it at this point. Yeah, at this point. All right, <laughs> see you all in about an hour and a half. See you soon, friends. Alright, we're back. We're back. I've started the recording again. Uh, we've, we've done the hour and a half. 
Yeah. Aya, how are you feeling? You sound a lot more drained than before. Okay, I'm going to be completely real with you. I've had a, I've had a really long day today, Tim. I've had yeah. a, a not a great day at work. I'm going to be real with you. Sure. For some reason, I was looking forward to today when I got home and watched the Fanatic with one of my best friends. I don't know why I was looking forward to watching this movie again. <laughs> it's bad when this is the highlight. Yeah, right. What's your vibe check? Give me a vibe check, Tim. So I was saying this when we first started watching the movie. I've been aware of how I've been feeling at the start of these recording sessions. And I, this week, I have felt the most indifferent and neutral Yeah. in in watching this. And then I hit that hour mark again with the drawing of John Travolta curled upon the floor, and I was like, there's another 20 minutes. This only gets worse. Those 20 minutes go so slowly as well, because the scene isn't well made. No, the whole thing grinds to a halt. Yeah. Like, the pacing... I think I said this in maybe episode one. The pacing at least isn't... I I think I called it great in episode one. That's a stretch. (laughs) Yeah, I take it back, but the pacing isn't terrible. I've seen worse paced movies up until the hour mark, and then the pacing just... It it dies right there and then. It's garbage. Mm. So, (sighs) how did you get on with your objectives for the watch, are you? What are your objectives? Remind us. an objective today. And that was to watch the party scene for Lewis. Now, Mm. Lewis wasn't in the party scene, but we will get back to that scene a little bit later. I did, however, find Lewis. Yep, Lewis has been found. Lewis has been found, and it's really fucking weird. So... Do you want to tell a story about our, do you want to tell a story about some of our earlier leads and where we thought it might be, and then I'll, I'll reveal what Lewis and where he is. Okay, so... To give you an idea of some of the things that we thought, we thought maybe the bartender at the Hollywood party, we thought maybe the gardener, we thought uh, maybe a guy being photographed on the street. I think we've weighed up the idea of the Hollywood party before. Yep. We weighed up the cop that arrests Hunter Dunbar. We weighed up the idea of one of the punters. Yep. We've weighed up the idea that he's in a deleted scene. We've looked at literally every background character. Where is he, Aya? So this is the one thing we didn't even stop to consider. So the end of the movie um, has Hunter Dunbar shooting and stabbing Moose and letting him free. And Moose goes and roams the streets of Los Angeles, uh, kind of injured and wounded. The very last scene of the movie, or one of the very last scenes of the movie, has two guys come up to uh, a wounded John Travolta with his eye having been stabbed out and bleeding and his hand having been shot off. And they are fucking pumped because this movie makeup looks incredible. They're like, everyone else's costume is so bad. Yours is so cool. But they're not saying it in English. They're saying it purely in Spanish and subtitles are on the screen. Which is funny because we brought up the fact that that they're speaking Spanish before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Lewis is one of those people. Yeah, he's just Lew- there. Yeah, what? so literally the very last scene, he's not named. He's on screen for, I'd say, 10 seconds, 15 at a push. Yeah. And has like maybe three lines, isn't named. And he is ranked above characters such as Brenda and Danny and Julio, who are named characters. Is he above it's Dick? Nuts. He is above Dick. He, he's above Dick. And I love Dick. Well, we we know that from you. (laughs) Well, I know that rather from you chanting Dick, Dick, Dick every time he arrives on the screen. Dick, Dick, 
dick. I'm going to have to edit that, and I'm looking <laughs> at that waveform and cringing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so um, Lewis is just a random dude on the street. But there are two other characters that are unnamed. Yes. Uh, that, that are names that we haven't found. One is named specifically as Girl in Arcade. And I'm going to quote what Tim said when he read that. He said, what girl? What arcade? Because none of us can think of who a girl in an arcade is because there's no arcade. The only thing I can think of is when they're eating french fries and there's a pinball machine behind them. Oh, maybe. Why is she credited? Unless they're referring to, like, a shopping arcade. But yeah. we don't go to a shopping arcade. I have no idea. And my assumption is Neo is the other dude with Lewis in the last scene. It has to be, but that's that's going to be our, our quest yeah. for the next week or so. But yeah, like, so We're not doing it now. Yeah, no, no way. But Lewis is found. Today was a, a good day. What else do we have to talk about, Tim? So my objective for the watch was to keep a sniff count. Ah, yes. For those not in the know, John Travolta in this movie likes to sniff things. Yeah, so we spoke about it briefly last episode, but he introduced the character quirk where he touches his, his ear and then sniffs it a whole But it's not up. just his ear. Yeah, so there's more things that he sniffs now, and Tim kept a list. So, Tim, I did. enlighten us. So, starting from the bottom with the least amount of things sniffed, we've got a Sharpie. <laughs> oh, yeah, the once. Sharpie. The meatballs, once. Hunter Dunbar's ear, once. <laughs> the thing in the jar from the fridge, once. <laughs> Then we move up to Hunter Dunbar's toothbrush. Twice. Twice. Yes, I'm sad that I remember that. And then with a massive lead, Moose's own ear. Five times. And one of those is in... No, two of those are in the party scene where he does it twice in a row, right? Yeah. 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 It's it's strange. Bring our total sniff count to 11. That we know of. We're, that we, we know of. At some point, we stopped watching out for it. I think we're going to be a bit more eagle-eyed in the future, but 11 sniffs at least. Yeah, at least. I have written quite a lot of notes this week. I don't know why I was pretty attentive to the movie. I was uh, not. No, I know. I was about to bring this up. There was a point for a good minute where you were trying to make your waveform on our recording <laughs> software a perfect square. And I had to say to you, watch the goddamn movie. <laughs> I didn't manage it without forcing it to peak, by the way. Yeah, I know. I know. That was wonderful for my ears. <laughs> so in terms of the things that I noticed, we we talked briefly, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, about Selfie Man. Yes. One of our favorite background characters. Now probably my favorite background character after today. He's gone up in rank. Okay. He's definitely gone up in rank. So the reason he's got, probably gone up in rank, and correct me if I'm wrong, he is everywhere. He is everywhere, he is, dude. There are so many places that he racks up. So the first time we noticed him, he's kind of like taking a selfie uh, in front of John Travolta in one shot, and then he's behind him in the next shot. Mm-hmm. What we didn't realize is that he walks straight across the shot to get to the second position, and we see him come into frame, and yeah. the camera kind of focuses on him for a yeah. second. He enters focus for a brief moment, so much so you can even see what's on his phone, and it doesn't look like a camera wrap to me. No, but there's a couple of other scenes that he's in. Yeah. So the scene where, in, right at the beginning, where Moose gets Hunter Dunbar's Rico jacket. 
Yeah, from Space Vampires or Vampire Killers, depending on... Because they on... changed the name on the mood. I mean, they changed the name of one of the characters at one point, dude, so I mean... That's true. John Travolta is heading out to go to his moped, wearing his new vest backwards, and Selfie Man is there. Yep. He's just there taking a selfie, because that's what he does. Then we're at the Hollywood Boulevard scene where we first, where we first noticed Selfie Man. Uh, and yeah, well, no, no, no. The first time we noticed him is in the scene where Moose and Mark Zuckerberg are arguing. But there's a moment earlier where you know Mark Zuckerberg or Todd the God is doing his performance, and Selfie Man's in the audience. Yes, so Selfie Man is there. He's to the right of Serial Man, so yeah. possibly the greatest collaboration we've ever seen. Serial Man plus Selfie Man is my OTP. Perfect. And then in the fight between Todd and Slim, immediately after Todd's performance, he's there. Yep. Which makes sense on a timeline perspective, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then, what's implied to be several nights later, Selfie Man is there after John Travolta talks to, uh, to Rob Van Dam, and he's wearing the same clothes. So we've worked out that that was shot in the same night. Must have been. Either that or Selfie Man owns one shirt. Yeah. But he doesn't, because when he gets the Rico jacket, he's wearing a different shirt. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah, it was all filmed on the same night. It must have been. It must have been. And I also do want to go and touch on the Rico jacket. Yes. So, if you had to describe the visual aspects, are you, of the Rico jacket? Let's start off with colour. I mean, you're talking to someone, who, first of all, who's colourblind, but... Um, <laughs> it. I can only imagine Moose is not taking good care of it because it's, it, you know, it's it's a, a relatively nice looking black leather jacket the first time you see it in the first scene. Okay. Um, and by the time he gets it out for Hunter well, the to sign. Hang on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get there. So we've got black leather jacket. What's yeah. embroidered on the back? <laughs> on the back or the front, Tim? If well, you ask Moose, it's a different answer. Yeah, that's true. What uh, For a functioning... Member of society. Rico in either metal studs or diamonds or some kind of like faux diamond esque jewel. Cool. Like, yeah. And how many sleeves are on the jacket? None. Great. Let's talk about the jacket coming out the backpack when when Moose goes to Hunter Dunbar's house. What color is the jacket? <laughs> like a grayish brown. What's embroidered on the back? Is it not Rico? No, nothing is there. Oh, interesting. Not a thing. How many sleeves does it have? Two. Two. It's a completely different jacket. Okay, but when he buys the Rico jacket, he says space vampires. When he gets out of the backpack, he says vampire killers. What if they are two different jackets from two different movers? They could be, but they make such a point to emphasize the Rico jacket. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm giving them too much credit. Yeah. Yeah, like I, th- I, I think I honestly think it's a continu- um, continuity error. Yeah, it definitely more feels that way for sure. Mm. So the next thing I've got, which I should probably bring up as we're on the Rico jacket scene, I can't believe we didn't notice this. You can see studio lighting in Moose's glasses in the first in the scene where he's buying the jacket. You've said that mo- it happens in multiple scenes, right? Or is that the only one that you noticed it? In? That's the only one I particularly noticed it on. So, yeah, I mean, so when a character wears glasses, studio lights and glare are inevitable unless you use like a dulling spray, which basically makes the glasses perfectly usable and almost look no different. But 
kind of stops things from reflecting off the surface. It's basically yeah. makeup for your accessory, right? Yeah. And and yeah, there's none of that clearly being done here. Which you know, twelve million dollar budget, maybe they were pinching pennies. Well, like when I was a student and we were working on student films, we got a can of dulling spray for about ten quid. Yeah, but you know they had to spend all that money getting the licensing for Limp Biscuit music. That's true. That's true. Because it's really important to listen to Limp Biscuit. All right. The next thing that I want to bring up: the gardener. Okay. And how shit of a job he's doing. Doing a bad job, dude. He's doing a really bad job. So the big centerpiece of Hunter Dunbar's back garden is like this birdbath thing with a with a dead rose in it. Yeah. And if it was meant to be symbolic, I feel like they'd put more focus on it. Yeah, for sure. But they don't. It's just a dead rose, and there's like dead bushes and stuff. And even Moose is like, he needs to take better care of his plants. But Hunter Dunbar has a fucking gardener. All the gardener cares about is making sure that Hunter Dunbar gets framed for murder. And then he's just like, oh, it's raining. Can I go home? Which I appreciate is a legit like thing that gardeners run into. Yeah. But they're in LA, right? Uh huh. A, a primarily sunny city. In a primarily sunny state. Let's keep in mind this is the same state that has Death Valley, Nova- Death Valley in it. Yeah. So like, it's yeah, it's raining once and go home on that day. But what happened to all the other days? He just doesn't care about the rose. It's symbolic of his relationship with Brenda dying. I don't know. Brenda's not dead. <laughs> Wait, Dora. No, it, no, his relationship with Brenda dying. A relationship with Brenda. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, that's fine then. I, I get if you want to pin that symbolism on it, that's fine. Oh. I just like to think the gardener's bad at his job. Yeah, I mean, also that. Yeah. All right, Tim. Um, I have a question for you. What's your question? The fourth scene in the movie. Uh, this is the scene where Moose is inside the Hollywood party with musicians and movie stars, etc. Uh, and you get one tweet to describe this scene. What do you tweet? No thanks, I just want a milkshake. Yeah, I knew. I, for some reason, I knew you would hone in on the milkshake, and I'm not sure why. Well, it's because it's such a dumb scene. Because all he does is he goes up to a barman at like an elite Hollywood party, and he's like, "Oh, can I have a milkshake?" And they were like, "No, we don't do milkshakes. We can do, we like make you a soda or a cocktail or something." And he's like, "No, I just want a milkshake with real ice cream." And then storms off in a huff. Well, he storms off in a huff because the bartender hadn't heard of Hunter Dunbar. Which, by the way, that's another thing I noticed this episode. A lot of people haven't heard of Hunter Dunbar. He's not that famous, I guess. I get the feeling he's more like a B-movie actor. Yeah. That's that's what I get the feeling of. But then again, how would he afford that big house? Um, and a gardener. And yeah. a maid. In LA, of all places. There's something I want to bring up. And we forget to bring it up. There's two things actually I want to bring up, and we forget to bring up every single week. Okay. But this time I took a note. Nice. Hunter Dunbar is aggressive with the blender. <laughs> oh my god, the blender! He is so aggressive with that blender. I don't know why he's so pent up on aggressing, uh, aggressively building this blender. But when he, when Dora the maid is like, "Yo, a crazy person was in your garden." He is slamming that blender together and he doesn't even put the lid on right. So yeah, like... that smoothie's going everywhere. And then as it cuts away to go to cut to Dora's reaction, it cuts back to Hunter Dunbar and the lid is also on the wrong way in the next shot. Not as in like it's on 
the blender fully and it's you know not been sealed right it's still incorrectly assembled just facing the other way <laughs> some con there are a lot of continuity issues like that in this movie uh an- another really funny example of that is um moose's hands on top of the god's throat uh, in-, in a different position every single time they clip to that shot yeah because sometimes they're like wrapped fully around his throat and like you can see his fingers on the back of his neck sometimes they're like wrapped around his jawline yeah, it's and odd. his thumbs are placed weirdly. We're noticing some strange stuff. I think it's because we're four watches in. I dread to think what we're going to be like in week 20 or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. The other thing I want to bring up, and it's more of like a logical error. Mm-hmm. There's one shot where, or rather one scene, where Moose is, breaks into Hunter Dunbar's garden to give him a letter. Okay. And he drops it on the ground. And it's implied to be at least a couple of days later the next time we're in the garden. Oh, you mention this every single watch, but you never bring it up. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Carry on. So it's rained. There's visible puddles on the ground, but that letter is as dry as a bone. It's a morsel. You know, you know, in SpongeBob, when like they drop a letter to the floor and to the ocean floor, and it still just looks fine. Yeah. It's made, made of the same paper as SpongeBob letters. It's SpongeBob letters. SpongeBob letters. It's the only explanation. <laughs> it's even the right color. Oh my god, it is. It's the same kind of like off-white brownish, isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy. There you go. Uh, So it's just something I wanted to bring up, but I want to introduce a game. We Uh, talked about it last week. Yep. We're trying to work out who Hunter Dunbar is on the phone to. Uh Uh-huh. When John Travolta is hiding in the closet. Because if you remember, he brings up agent talk where he says, I'm not doing a contract. Then he says, I missed your mom. It's like, I kissed the maid. And then there's a crazy person in the garden. Yeah. We've been trying to work out who he's talking to. We, You suggested the idea of a cousin. Yeah. I would like to float the idea out that we try and come up with someone new each week yep. that we think that Hunter Dunbar is talking to. I am, we alternate weeks. I'm down for this. So it's your turn, Tim. Yep. Who so, is Hunter Dunbar talking to on the phone? So I've gone for a fairly... A, it sounds like a safe bet on the surface, but with a twist. Okay. I've gone for a close friend, a close friend. Yeah. Whose mom just died. Oh, a close friend whose mom just died. See, that's like really, yeah, super specific to this combination of conversations that take place in rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think um, it kind of fits the bill for all of them. Yeah. So does the cousin. I mean, it, it it could be one of those two for sure. I like be. the idea of that because, yeah, obviously he would have told his close friend about the gig and that he doesn't want to leave because he didn't want to leave Danny slash Tanner. Yep. And then he would be like, I missed your mom last week because, well, she literally died, <laughs> which is like the most oddly specific part of this. Yeah. And, and then, of course, he moves on to there's some been some weirdo in the garden and I kissed the maid. Um, the... I'll bring this up next week when I when I posit my guess, but there's a certain choice of his wording on the phone that makes me think it's not just a friend. Ooh. And uh, we'll get to that next week. But one, um, there are four words that he says that really change the entire vibe of the conversation for me. And I'll see if we can pick them up on the next watch, but I'll also bring it up on my turn next week. Okay, cool. But if we're rolling with this game, I think that could be an interesting thing to bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down for that. Cool. That is actually all the notes that I had Okay. for this watch. I don't know if you had anything else that you'd like to add. Yeah, so I've got a couple of things. Okay. First of all, 
the movie quoting itself. We 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 mention oh, it. Yeah, ev- <laughs> we mention it every single watch, but don't bring it up in the recording. Yeah. Uh, so the movie opens with um, just a black background and white text, and it says, "You're a fan. Without you, I'm nothing." Yeah. Uh, and then in quotation marks, and the quote is attributed to Hunter Dunbar. So it's attributing the quote to the fictional character from the movie that this fictional character is in. Yeah. This quote is said in the second to last scene of the movie when Hunter Dunbar's tied up and he says to Moose, you have all the power here. You're a fan. Without you, I'm nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the movie quotes itself an uh, in, in hour before it actually happens. But... Then, when Hunter Dunbar's been set free and he's now, you know, beating Moose up and shooting him and stuff, while Moose is on the floor, having been shot in the hand and kicked down the stairs, Hunter Dunbar menacingly steps out of him and says, you're a fan. Without you, I'm nothing. Like, And it's like, I see what you did there! But it's quoting itself again. And so, yeah. In the same scene. In the same scene. Well, is that the same scene? I would pass it that's a separate scene, I, I guess. I think it's the same scene. Okay, well, we, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it in 20 or 30 episodes time, I guess. Excellent. And, <laughs> because if you haven't noticed, we're counting the scenes with the episodes. Uh, and that, you know, we're doing that to make sure we, one, get a nice wide coverage of every scene in the movie gets spoken about at some point, because a few of them do get overlooked, which mm-hmm. you notice. But also because I need to funny title for each episode. Sure, sure. Any other notes you have? The last one is, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it today. Uh, and I have one more thing I want to talk about after this before we go to the review. Okay. Um, but there's one thing, I'm not going to go into too much detail today. But while Hunter Dunbar is tied up, in order to convince Moose to untie him, he says, Moose, we actors, we practice a thing called visualization. And it's where we imagine things so vividly, so vividly that, that they become real to us, etc., etc. I haven't really spoken about this before, but I am a trained actress. Um, my college diploma was in acting. Um, that was my initial career. I've since changed careers, not due to failing or anything like that, mostly due to being poor and unable to afford to pursue it. Sure. But um, so it's something I'm trained in. And visualization is, in fact, a thing that we actors do train in. And I want to talk about that in some more detail sometime. But I want to throw it out there that that's a really nice little piece of something you don't really see. Like that, you see lots of movies out there that's a movie about an actor or a movie about a movie, right? And you never really see these little niche ways that actors train. You hear the big buzzwords like method acting and stuff. And it's it's nice. It's, I just want to say that, that that's quite a nice thing to see. And that's actually my shining moment for the week is the visualization scene. That's a point. We haven't done the shining light. Which is where I'm going with this. Right. So what was your shining moment uh, for this watch, Tim? My shining light. Uh, it has to be the amount of times that, ser- that selfie man crops up. Yeah, okay. I Crops just think up. it's something that was just kind of mind blowing this week. So, like, he's every like my notes say, selfie man is everywhere. Selfie man is everywhere. Which sounds like a good subtitle for like a, or a second title. That's going to be the alternate title for this episode. Perfect. <laughs> alternate title: Selfie man is everywhere. Perfect. Right. Uh, let's go to your review. So, for those who don't know, I uh, before we watch the film for the week. We'll go to the website Letterboxd, a movie review website slash social media where people can, well, review movies. And we'll pick out a five-star review. 
yes. which I have a feeling we're going to run out of eventually. Nope. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a lot of them. Okay, that's disheartening to say the least. Yeah. Aya, uh, let's talk about the review for the week. Before the review, I just want to mention one thing. Okay. Next week, we have something special planned for the recording. We do. And I, I want to mention this before we end the episode off, but every five episodes, we are going to bring a guest onto the podcast mm-hmm. to watch the movie with us for their first time. And we're making sure that the guests haven't seen the movie before. And next week, we will have a guest on with us to watch the movie for the first time. While we have confirmed who the guest is, I'm not going to mention anyone by name just yet, just in case that changes. Sure. But we do have a guest lined up for next week, and it's someone I'm really, really excited to get on the podcast. So that's going to be great. We talked about the idea of trying to get Anna Golger onto the podcast who plays Leah in the movie. Anna Golger, if you ever hear this, we want you on the podcast. I I want... You're the highlight of the movie. Please come on the show. You're literally... Every time we watch it, we we constantly talk about how you're just our favourite part of the movie. Please. <laughs> anyway, enough simping anagogia. Let's get to our review. This review is brought to you by Parker. And I need to preface this by saying this is quite a long review. And whenever you see a review this long, specifically for the Fanatic on Letterboxd, it's typically wrapped in several layers of irony. They're giving a jokingly good review about how wonderful it is because, like me and Tim, they're B-movie fans. Although, if you call it a B-movie, that might be a compliment. However, I feel like this review comes off as sincere, which is why I've chosen it. It's a lengthy review, so bear with me. But Parker rated this movie five stars on the 9th of September, and it says, This movie was perfect. The performance given by Travolta is just out of this world. The way he was able to convey such strong emotions, masterful. The way Hunter's actor really made the character unlikable, phenomenal. Every actor in this movie went above and beyond, and his outfits and style, iconic. God, this was so thrilling, too. You never knew what was going to happen next. Just brilliant, especially that third act. Those last few minutes took me on the emotional trip of a lifetime. As a fan of thrillers, I can definitely say this was one of the best I have ever seen. It shows up all competition. Fincher, watch out. The fanatic is coming for you. This has easily become one of my favourite movies. Everyone, please, go check out this little masterpiece. It will change your life, and it most certainly changed mine. It has changed my outlook on film. Be expecting to see some of my five stars dropping. Please, please, please just go check this out. It doesn't nearly get enough praise. I am not a stalker. So fucking powerful. So, while I'm going to heavily disagree with Parker on some things... (laughs) I will I will agree that this movie will change your life, especially if you're watching it 52 fucking times. It's changing our life, that's for sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Fanatics. We are at The Fanatic Pod on Twitter. I am Aya at TechWaifu. And I'm Tim at Wembembo. And I'll see you guys next week for when we try to take over the world. Maybe we'll do it this time. Who knows? Thanks for listening, friends. Toodles.